This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the other side to the uh, AI question, also one of them, it will be the wants of the consumers. Do they care whether a product that they use was produced by human hands or by AI? Stefano Pantoni, management professor at the Wharton School, recently wrote an opinion piece off of research that he was involved with. It appeared in the Wall Street Journal on this topic specifically, and he joins us right now. Stefano, great to talk to you again. Oh, we will get him back on the line. A uh, little issue with his phone uh, and uh, getting him back on the line right now. Uh, and it is an interesting uh, question to, to throw out there, is that whether or not who makes it or what makes a product will impact the decision process uh, for the consumer uh, to whether or not they will buy a product or not. All right, I believe we have them on the line. Stefano, great to talk to you again. Hi, Dan. Nice to be here again. You Great to have you with us. All right, so we've talked so much about how AI is going to impact companies in the labor force, but as your research looks at, it's just as important to see how it's going to be impacting the decision process of consumers as well. Yes, indeed. When you look at uh, discussions around automation in companies, the discussion is usually taking a supply-side dimension. We're looking at questions like, does the automation make the production more efficient? Does it help us produce, you know, better things at quicker rates in a quicker way, in a faster, cheaper fashion? And then if the answer is yes, we might want to deploy technology. But there is not a lot of attention to demand-side factors. You know, what are... What about the implications of those automation decisions for our customers, for the people that benefit from our services? That's what we study in our research. Right. So take us through this. What was it that, that you found out in the end here? So what we found was that uh, in many situations, consumers value the human touch. There is a unique value in human labor. And that doesn't emerge because of the quality of the output of the work itself, but just the feeling that it gives to people. This is not true for every product, of course, but there are situations where people consume for what we call symbolic reasons, because consumption means something to them about the person that they are. And when con- people consume for that reason, at least partly for, the, for that reason, being a particular type of person, then the human touch really adds value, and people are willing to pay more for human labor. All right, you have a couple of different areas that you looked at to to kind of gauge reaction on this. And let me go through a couple of them if I can and and tell us how this all played out. The first one that I saw mentioned was around reading glasses and how they were produced. Give us your your findings there. You know, there are products that are a bundle of different attributes. And some of these attributes may be quite symbolic in nature. They may be you know, associated to a particular type of person or, you know, being a symbol for something, for example, being rich or being fashionable or being attractive or whatever. Other features instead might be more functional, more instrumental. They are there to get a job done. And I think reading glasses are a nice example of that because if you think about glasses, there are really two components to them. You have the lenses that uh, help you see. That's a very instrumental uh, attribute. But you also have the frame that is meant to help you support the lens on your nose, and those become, you know, the frames become fashion accessories, and as such, they can become quite uh, symbolic. 
for people. And what we find is that uh, people are, uh, have a strong preference for uh, frames made by humans, human workers, but uh, they hold the opposite preference, quite obviously in the case of lenses. People do prefer lenses made by machines. You also looked at tattoos. What did you find there? Yeah, that's a funny one. We, uh, we were thinking about how can we think of a service where in an experimental context, by ch just changing a small detail in the explanation of the materials, we can turn a service from more to less symbolic. And we came up with this idea of tattoos. So what we did was to tell people that uh, to imagine that they, should, uh, they decided to take a tattoo and uh, they would go to a tattoo parlor, and then uh, um, we have some information about that. And in the other experimental condition, the materials were identical, but now they were not going there to get a tattoo done, but they were going there to get a tattoo removed. And in our pre-testing, we found that people believe tattoo removal to be a more instrumental job than tattoo making, which is perceived to be more symbolic. In other words, based on our theory, what we could find is that uh, when they were going to the tattoo parlor to get a tattoo removed, they were much more open to having a, a robot tattooist uh, working there rather than when they were going there to get the tattoo made, in which case they much preferred the human artist. Why do you think there was that distinction? Because realistically, you're talking about the same process happening, whether it's putting the tattoo on or having it removed, but there was obviously a distinction that a majority of the people made in terms of the difference of the process. Yeah, and that's what's cool about it, because in our studies, we try as much as we could to hold the uh, consumption outcome constant. So in the end, it shouldn't matter, but it does. And uh, our story, um, our account for these effects is rooted in the notion of uh, uniqueness. And uh, when uh, you consume for symbolic reasons, because you want to connote something abstract about yourself through consumption, uniqueness is very important. When instead you consume for more mundane, you can say, instrumental or functional reasons, then uniqueness is not particularly valued. And in some contexts, it may even be a bad thing, like in the case of the lenses. You want the lenses to be standardized, to be reliably uh, you know, um, made in the same way. And uh, because of that, um, we find our effect because what we find is that people have an association of the human labor right. with uniqueness of the products produced by the labor. While they don't hold that with the machines, in fact, it's the opposite. People hold the ideas around standardization and endless repetition with regard to, human, to machine labor and the opposite with human labor. And that is what produces this effect. I guess then the question becomes is as we move further down the road on this, whether or not the expectation changes over time that the more products are made through AI and algorithms, the, the greater adoption that the public will, you know, will, will have, and they won't have as much of that concern of having it uh, made by human hands. Yeah, you're right. So these things are a moving target in many ways. As we get used to technology and as technology gets better over time, we are adjusting our expectations. And uh, that is going to be the case also with the robots and AI and uh, other autonomous technologies that we are developing today. Um, what we think is that uh, um, while certain things will be different as technology improves, others are likely to not change radically, at least for the foreseeable future. 
In particular, this idea that we seek uniqueness in symbolic consumption seems to be a rather fundamental fact, which is unlikely to be changing mm. with uh, development in technology. And uh, that's likely to remain an advantage of humans or a perceived advantage to humans for the foreseeable future. As a matter of fact, it might even be that the effect is stronger over time. You know, as machines do more and more things, it might be that the human labor comes to be more and more distinctive and more and more able to produce this feeling of uniqueness and satisfaction in the context of, of symbolic consumption. At this point, we don't know, but it seems fair to say right. that I think for many industries for the foreseeable future, this is one argument that companies can use to make decisions around automation. You also mentioned the component of standards and certifications which may factor into this. In, in some cases, maybe even letting consumers know which products are made by hand and which ones are made by AI. You know, when you walk into the supermarket today and say you're going to buy coffee, as an example, you might go by the shelf and find a number of offerings, and some of them will try to differentiate themselves through some sort of certification, whether that is a sustainable farming certification, or maybe a fair trade certification, or maybe some other type of certification, including quality-related ones. And uh, it is possible to think that maybe, you know, we'll have something like that for human labor. What if in a few years if we can see companies developing, getting together to develop standardization around some of these ideas and say, can we create a standard to ensure that consumers can trust and recognize products made by humans in the store right. and would they then be more willing to pay for them and i think that could be a way for companies to drive demand volume or maybe margin stefano have to end it there as we're at the top of the hour thank you very much for your time good luck on the thank research you. and uh thank you again thanks dan great talking to you you got it stefano pantoni who's a management professor here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.